0: Welcome to Beyond Grit, the podcast that seeks to create and foster a community of people who want to learn, develop, and employ the 10 powerful practices to gain a high performance edge. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just someone looking to improve yourself, the Beyond Grit podcast shows you step by step how to reach your peak potential. The Beyond Grit podcast is based on the book Beyond Grit, written by Sindra Kampoff, PhD, founder, and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, and a professor. ...at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Sindra, a keynote speaker and entrepreneur, is also a certified mental performance coach for professional athletes, executives, and championship teams from around the nation, including the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. Sindra's co-host is Tim McNiff, Emmy Award-winning news and sports journalist, strategic communications consultant, and storyteller for the National Sports Center. This is the Beyond Grit Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Grit Podcast, episode number 11. I'm Tim McGiff, along with the one and only Dr. Sindra Kampoff, author of the wonderful book, Beyond Grit. And this is Beyond Grit Podcast, where we are helping you reach your ultimate potential, where your mental capacity is concerned. Uh, full disclosure, we are coming to you this morning, recording the day after Thanksgiving. It's my first opportunity to talk to Dr. Kampoff since, uh, since she had the holiday, and I just want to inquire how was your Thanksgiving?
2: It was amazing. It was relaxing. It was like full of family time. And uh, I try not to eat too much, but I kind of did. How about you?
1: Um, Mine was the opposite of yours until the eat too much part. We we hosted, we had a house full of people. And I was, you know, serving as the bartender and running around, you know, putting out fires, then you have to carve the turkey. And that's a hard meal. I mean, there's just not a lot that's not real labor intensive. If you do that traditional Thanksgiving meal, And I got to admit, that's my favorite meal. So I'm one of those ones where I always want the turkey. My wife is outrageous. She can make the stuffing and the, the mashed potatoes and all the rest of it. So
2: so awesome. yeah, I ate too much. We hosted last Sunday, like a Friendsgiving where we had um, 22 people over and that was pretty big for us. And the same kind of thing, we made the ham and the turkey and it was actually on my birthday. So it was great at the end of the day because it was like, wow, now you get to relax. It's like, it's a what a fun birthday celebration, but it was really kind of stressful. And I was like, do I really want to do this on my birthday? But it was, you know, at the end of the day looking back, it was perfect. So...
1: And they have people there celebrating you and you have a relatively new home, I know, so that uh, that had to be kind of a fun gathering. Yes. So if you go did you were you were home yesterday also?
2: We were home last night and so we went to my husband's um, parents uh, earlier in the day.
1: Okay, so I was gonna say so you didn't have- to cook again yesterday.
2: No, thank goodness.
1: <laughs> yes, I was wondering oh, if you did yes. it twice. I'm going to go, how do you do that Sunday and Thursday again, man? You better be paid to do that.
2: You got to be resilient.
1: <laughs> you got to be gritty.
2: You got to be gritty.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so welcome to the uh, the podcast of the 10 practices and 52 chapters that help you go from uh, where you are right now to a stronger high performance edge. And uh, we are in Chapter 11. Before we get there, we're going to go back to Chapter 10 and the review of Connect With Your Uniqueness. And the homework for that was uh, somewhat involved. You had us listing the activities that we do in each zone and kind of getting a look at where we're spending our time and are we actually reaching that zone of genius. Absolutely. And sort of stressful. Uh, in the sense of looking and, and seeing where I really was, at least in the week that uh, we had. Um, and I, I was working on a project for others, and it was ultimately very successful. And I think the client was very happy with the outcome. Awesome. Um, but that didn't allow me to maybe be, or maybe less than where I was supposed to be. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I was, I was there for somebody else, and maybe I wasn't in the zone I was supposed to be in, and trying to mentally mm-hmm. rectify
2: that. Mm-hmm. Do you run into that? Yeah, sometimes I find myself, so we talked about like the zone of genius is really where you want to spend most of your time. Um, And then we said the the next level is like zone of excellence, things that you're really good at, but it's not really your sweet spot. And then we talked about zone of competence and incompetence. I think once in a while we might have to do those things that really we don't like to do, uh, you know, that aren't in our zone of genius, maybe to serve other people or to keep our business afloat or I think, particularly as an athlete, you know, it's like not everything that you do is really enjoyable. You have to kind of do the hard stuff to get to where you are. So maybe that's what you're referring to.
1: Well, that's a great way to look at it. I think for me, it was almost like because I went through this, uh, or we went through this together. You kind of have this new toy, and yeah. you want to, and you feel like, oh, I should be there doing that, and and so kind of trying to rectify that a little bit. I was a little bit maybe hard on myself, but. Yeah. Um, I hope others, uh, if you had a similar circumstance, uh, listen to what you're saying. And that's, you know, it's, I guess if you're just mindful still of where you are, that will help you then seek to get back to where you're supposed to be.
2: Absolutely. And I think the goal is to work towards your zone of genius, but that doesn't mean like a hundred percent of the things that you do are always in your zone of genius. Like I don't really love to wash the dishes <laughs> or do the laundry. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's in my zone of genius, <laughs> uh, but I have to do those from time to time, right? Uh, to keep my house going and everything like that. And, and you do have to do things that aren't in your zone of genius. But I think the key is, is that many people don't even consider that, you know, what are they really, really good at? Where are they gifted and how can they spend their time doing that more often? And that's really the point is, is to help you think about what are your strengths and kind of help you own your unique gifts so that you can serve others and you can really be at your best and, and um, get, get, get this high-performance edge we've been talking about.
1: Perfect. All right. So now we are moving on to our third practice, and there are 10 practices. We're into the third one, and that is master your thoughts. And if I may, you said the world's best are intentional with their self-talk, they exhibit powerful, positive, and possibly oriented, or possibility-oriented thinking patterns, focused on process. Yeah. Uh, can you put? The, how about? Can you melt that down to layman's terms a little bit for us?
2: Sure, Um, the layman's terms would be like they think powerfully and they're intentional with their self-talk. And uh, in this section, it's probably my favorite practice because I think it has the most impact in general like your your day-to-day. It's a really powerful practice and we're gonna really get into deep on how you should talk to yourself, why we have a negativity bias and there's a whole bunch of tools in this practice to really help you think like the world's best. So that's why I'm, I'm pumped for this practice, Tim.
1: I got to admit, I am too. And to have this opportunity to discuss this with you, because as I read the book, and, and I always say this to people, I, I was highlighting, I mean, I've highlighted more of this chapter than I have Because I think that's what you find yourself doing, is you're in a bad situation, you're on a trip, and all of a sudden, your rental car is not ready, or you're standing there, or you're oh, yeah. stressed because of the flight or whatever. Now you're in a situation that you can't control. And mm-hmm. as this is about taking your mind. Mm-hmm. having the, the discipline, I guess, and the toolkit to take your mind out of that spiral.
2: Yes. Yeah. And it's really important. Uh, on, on uh, the, I was on, this, on the radio last Monday, we were talking about just the health benefits of thinking really like an opportunity. And we can see stress and adversity like a challenge or a threat. But when we see it as a threat, it actually has really uh, long-term health consequences. But if you see it as more like a challenge, like that you can overcome it, you live up to like 40, 43% longer, or, uh, you know, there's health benefits in terms of uh, really long lasting. So I think the key is, is this really does have a lot to do with your productivity, but your health as well.
1: There's no doubt. And, and this is why this is such a beautiful book that you've put together. You open chapter 11, as you do with an anecdote, you talk about a business owner who had a very serious setback yet seemed to handle it uh, to way that really even kind of surprised you. And it turned out that he was practicing something that you had become familiar with through the research conducted by Martin Seligman, who's a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. And can you talk about what uh, Dr. Seligman had uh, brought forth?
2: Absolutely. And so the story that I, I provided was, um, this happened a few years ago when I was speaking to a construction company in New York, and I was having dinner with um, the, the president and owner the night before. And, you know, you know, like we're an hour and a half into our conversation. I was like, was there anything else I should know about your company? And he was like, well, you know, we just had somebody steal like embezzle a quarter of a million dollars from the company. And he kind of said it like it was like literally like $2, you know, I I couldn't believe like how, how he was really handling this adversity. And uh, when I asked him and I really kind of dug deep into it, he was like, well, We've been asking ourselves, what's the opportunity here you know, ever since? And that's really what um, th- this practice is really about is, how can you see an optimistic perspective? And Marty Seligman is the, what would be considered like the father of positive psychology. So he's the first person in psychology to say, you know, we shouldn't just study people who, um, who like, you know, uh, maybe have something wrong with them, that we should really uh, study also people who are thriving. And uh, the optimistic perspective is really key to help people thriving. And he, he uh, actually has a host of benefits in his long, like, you know, um, uh, long list of research studies, but in general that when people are optimistic, uh, they have a longer life, they have better performance, and they have less stress, more confidence, and more resilience. So it really is key to not only, you know, how long we live, but um, what we do with our life when we're here.
1: So it's an amazing uh, ability, and and sometimes you think to yourself, if you're just kind of out on your own, I wish I could be more like him or her, and -hmm. that's what you're doing with this chapter, is you're teaching us how to be more like the people that we've always wanted to be, to be a better version of ourselves, and um, you talk about the parts, uh, well, I guess I should back up a second, and uh, Seligman talks about the uh, explanatory style. Yes. Can I talk talk about that, please?
2: Sure. So there's three parts of our explanatory style that um, help us be more optimistic. And they all start with P. So the first one is permanence. And what that means is that an optimist believes that success and positive events will continue. that they're not really a fluke. And whereas a pessimist believes that um, when bad events occur, they will persist. And you can see that sometimes, Tim, in people's language, you know, where they say, oh, man, bad things always happen to me or, oh, this, you know, this... This thing never works out. And so we want to really catch ourselves when we're experiencing adversity or a challenge and make sure that we're really um, you know, defining it and, and interpreting it in a really more optimistic way. So that's the first one is permanence. Um, the second one is pervasiveness. And what that means is an optimist believes that good events in one area are gonna really continue in another area. So an athlete might say, I'm really good you know, in my sport. Um, I'm also gonna be really good in the classroom. Or we might say, I'm really good on the podcast. I must also really be good on stage. Uh, Whereas a a pessimist really believes that um, uh, they make kind of universal explanations of failure. So they might say, you know, all coaches are unfair, all teachers are unfair, or, you know, I'm never good at anything. So we really want to be careful the way that we're explaining things, particularly about ourselves, because what we think about ourselves, we become. And then the last one is personalization. And what that means is an optimist believes that they are the cause of good events in their life. Uh, they take credit for their successes um, when, when they, um, and they obviously also you know, give, give the credit to other people supporting them, but internally that they really see that their success is a result of their hard work. You know that when they win the game, they say, well, I worked really hard today. Um, and we want to as coaches and as parents really also explain it that way that, wow, you worked really hard um, and they protect their confidence even when they fail. Whereas a pessimist, they really see success as kind of um, maybe luck or circumstances outside their control. You know, when they win, they might say, well, we didn't play a very good team today or when we win, you know, it was because we can handle the cold better than they can. So we want to make sure that we're really explaining things in a more optimistic way that helps us continue success.
1: And if think if you take it back to not you know, putting it on others, but keeping it in your own interpersonal situation, you write in the book, we can change how we see difficulties, obstacles, and setbacks. And in turn, we can maintain our optimism and confidence. Yes. And that's the one that is um, so really the light bulb moment for me was to do that. Okay. I want to learn how to do that because to recognize when is my Mm self-talk taking me somewhere I don't want to go or or has it taken me somewhere I need to get out of and get out of now. So I I really consider myself to be, as I listen to the, the explanation that you just did there and read them in the book, I'm a very optimistic person, but yet, through learned experience, Minnesota sports teams, I, know. I, I learned, oh gosh, we're going to lose. You know, we always lose. And it's just because it's happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future. You, know, you have to get out of it and just take each circumstance as it comes and be positive.
2: Absolutely. And it's really important as leaders, as coaches, as parents, that uh, because, you know, we're, we're role models, and the quicker we can see the opportunity, and i kind of snapping my fingers that, you know, can you be the first person to see the opportunity because your energy is contagious, um, you know, uh, either if it's positive or negative, so we want to keep that positive energy high.
1: Well, you write something in this chapter that we've seen on numerous posters and in motivational speeches, versions of this all over the place, and you wrote, in fact, obstacles and setbacks are a given. It's how mm-hmm. we respond to them that matters. And we've yes. all seen that or heard versions of that, and I get that. So then you get into something, again, that helps you get there, and that is the what, Cinder off?
2: OPP. It's called the OPP strategy, and that's awesome because we're going to go ahead and play the song that inspired this. Are you ready, Tim?
1: I, I was giving you the setup. There Here it is. Go.
2: If only you could see Tim dancing here. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Bopping.
1: Yeah, you know what? Still a great song. Naughty by Nature, giving them the shout out to that. Obviously, they had a little bit different uh, a different version in mind for OPP, but I, to, just full disclosure to everyone listening, I had to ask Dr. Kampoff off-camera, do you call this op or do you call it OPP? Because as soon as I read that, that's all I could think about was that song. And you said, oh yeah, I use it all the time.
2: Always. Yeah. And I think it's easy, you know, to catch it, you know, just kind of dance with it. And I think that that's really what we want to do because, you know, a study we did last year at Minnesota state uh, of gritty athletes, actually so world-class gritty athletes found that all of them experience a setback. So the quicker we can see the opportunity, the more advantage that we can, we will have and the more creative we're going to be. So we got to train ourselves to think of the opportunity right away.
1: So let's talk about the three OPP strategy.
2: So what this means is that when you're experiencing a difficulty or a setback or a challenge, that you ask yourself, what's the opportunity here? And you ask yourself that three times. And the reason you want to ask yourself that three times is because maybe the one that, you know, the, that you really need to kind of latch onto is not going to be the second or the third really uh, opportunity that you're thinking about or, or that, you, that really comes to kind of your mind right away. So you want to ask yourself this three times. It can be really difficult sometimes to really like, Okay. What is the opportunity here? What's the opportunity here? What's the opportunity here? But the more that you do, that you're going to see that every difficulty you experience is really an opportunity for you to learn and grow, and uh, and maybe it's really there, you know, f- to help you. You know, th- maybe it's really there for you, not to you. So we want to make sure that we're really protecting our confidence and thinking optimistically.
1: And and I, just learning this the way everybody else is. But as I'm listening to you talk about this, my thought was. And it's not maybe just how it's going to help you maybe six or eight months down the road, but even in the situation where you are right that in that moment, by talking about three opportunities, it has to change your mood and your attitude somewhat, does it not?
2: Absolutely. And one example I can just think of of a coaching client, I was um, I do quite a bit of executive coaching and I was talking to someone last week who um, her coworker is sick. And so she uh, had to... Uh, now have all these extra responsibilities. And I said, well, what's the opportunity here? And she was like, well, Sindra, I can't think of one. You know, and then I really had to like keep on pushing her. and Push. she, You know, because it, for all of us personally, it's really hard to think about what's the opportunity when we're overwhelmed with stress or work or, um, you know, or, or the, the moment in an athletic performance. And so we ended up deciding that, well, it was an opportunity for her to um, ask for help. It was an opportunity for her to learn new skills and be resilient. It was an opportunity for her to learn, you know, more time management skills, um, more skills that would help her prioritize what needs to be done right now. Um, and so the quicker you can ask yourself that, you know, what's the opportunity here And you notice, we just, you know, I just gave you four. (laughs) We want to keep on asking ourselves that to really be resilient and uh, stay optimistic.
1: So if if she was listening along with us right now, you would tell her to take those three opportunities that she came up with working with you and do what with them?
2: I think the key is, is they change your perspective. They change your energy. And you do have to remind yourself of, of the opportunity pretty often, uh, especially kind of when you're stuck and you're, you're feeling stressed or overloaded. Um, but you're going to once you think about them, you're going to be more creative, more excited about the possibilities. And, uh, and and you you can easily find the opportunity the more and more you do this practice
1: and write them down, put them where.
2: I'd say, Wolf, on your grid board is a good. There you go! You know, maybe there's a difficulty you're experiencing right now, um, and I either write it down on a Post-it note so you can see it uh, often, or you can write it on your grid board just to kind of remind you that, you know, you should ask yourself what's the opportunity here often.
1: All right, before we wrap up the chapter, homework for the week.
2: So the homework for the week is for you to consider a difficulty, or a challenge, or something that's stressful for you right now, and use the three-op strategy to explore the opportunities. And so you could uh, take out a piece of paper, a sticky note, and write at the top what's the challenge you're experiencing right now, and then ask yourself what's the opportunity three times. And again, uh, so that you continue to push yourself, you don't just go with like the first opportunity because maybe the second or third is the most meaningful for you. Um, and, uh, and put that by you somewhere so you can remind yourself uh, to stay excited and gritty and optimistic this week. I um, love it. Face the challenge.
1: Your high-performance power phrase, I am an optimist. I see the opportunity in every difficulty. I believe that I determine the success that I experience. I make it happen. I love it. All right, we're going to our gritty person of the week. Um, how about this? I'm going to start this week, Awesome, and I'll let people know that we talked beforehand, and I have a particular person in mind, and you're going to go a different direction, and I like where you're going with this, so uh, I, I'm going to go first and talk about somebody who I know has had to have their grit checked this past week and will need it uh, in a big way going forward. I'm talking about uh, Minnesota Gopher football player uh, mm-hmm. placeholder. Casey O'Brien. Yeah. And here's a young man who is a four-time survivor of cancer. As such, he has three-month check-ins. He went in for his three-month check-in, and they saw a spot on one of his lungs. And as such, uh, Casey underwent surgery this past week, uh, 48 hours ago, Wednesday. Uh, none of us knows uh, at this point what uh, what was or was not found and what the prognosis is going forward. But if you want the personification of grit, mm-hmm. it's, it's this man who's had a knee replacement, And he's done all these other things. And what has he done? He is the most positive person on a team of 80-some young men. He served an example for them. He goes to hospitals, makes hospital visits, visits other cancer patients, most of them children, and has just uh, lived his life to the fullest and really teaches all of us to be thankful for what we have rather than what we do not.
2: I saw so many people just inspired by him this week on social media. Um, So, you know, sometimes that uh, we don't realize the impact that we make just by living our purpose and staying optimistic. So keep it strong, Casey. We're going to be cheering for the Gophers tomorrow.
1: You bet. You bet. And you're going to go a different direction this week than you've gone in weeks past for your Gritty Person of the Week.
2: I am going to really give thanks um, and some love to all those people who had to work over the holidays and will have to continue to work over the Christmas holiday. And so yesterday, right, just traveling to Iowa, you stop at a gas station, you see people working, you, uh, I think about all the online stores and the people who had to be kind of watching, you know, the websites. And uh, I wanna give give a shout out to those people who, Maybe, maybe were asked to work and didn't really necessarily want to, uh, but they stayed gritty. And uh, so I appreciate all those people who are helping us, just helping the world kind of keep going by doing some good work on the holidays.
1: I love it. Let me do the, 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 the work that I have to do on the way out here. And then I want to wrap it up a little differently than we usually do. And I'll let you send it out, but I want to set you up for that. So I want to thank you for joining us. The Beyond Grit Podcast seeks to help you reach your peak potential. Check out this another great content on the NSC blog page. That's Beyond the Bench, where you can leave us your questions and comments. You can also find the Beyond Grit Podcast on Spotify and now on Apple iTunes, where we encourage you to rate and review us so we can help reach more people with Dr. Kampoff's brilliant, content um so cindra um thinking about this whole thing and, and we people being gritty and th- that word has become so much more prominent as i'm seeing those buzzwords kind of come and go and i don't think it's just because we're working together that i feel like i'm seeing and hearing it more and i just feel like people are really becoming cognizant of it and how far ahead of the curve you were in, in going where you did and do this so i want to say hats off to you and i'd like you to comment to that and then if you would um
2: send us out all right that sounds awesome thank you so much i think one of the reasons it's becoming more prominent is because we need it <laughs> that if you look at kind of what's happening in, in society that we um, aren't always teaching these practices of grit and and really what's needed for people to thrive and I think people are wanting it so um, I appreciate everybody who's listening every week and please leave us a comment or reach out to us on our social media platforms or on email, we really appreciate it. We'd love people to uh, go on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That just helps us meet more and more people each week. So uh, thanks again for joining us and happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving and stay gritty, everyone.
0: Thank you for engaging with the Beyond Grit Podcast where we help you reach your peak potential. You can find past episodes and other great content on the NSE blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can also post your questions and comments. The Beyond Grit Podcast is a production of the National Sports Center and Beyond the Bench.